0: Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On
1: this episode, the first North American Veterinary College Honey Bee Research Chair will be located at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Dr. Sarah Wood is a veterinarian known for her pollinator research. Wood says bees play an important role in agriculture, and with roughly 45% of bee colonies lost last year, the work to save bees is even more important. Saskatchewan students interested in studying agriculture at times had to leave the province for their post-secondary education, but that has all changed. Cumberland Regional College in the Northeast is offering an Agriculture Sciences Certificate Program. Chair of Post-Secondary Education, Jeff Fisher, says the certificate is in partnership with Lakeland College in Vermilion, Alberta, with an emphasis on crop production. Jeff will explain how the program will be offered and why it's so important for the agriculture sector. After the break, Dr. Sarah Wood.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. The
1: very first North American Veterinary College honeybee research chair will be located at the University of Saskatchewan. And that chair is Dr. Sarah Wood, who grew up in the Yorkton area. So, uh, Sarah, you're very well known for your honeybee pollinator research, but uh, let's go back to where
2: it all started um, in the Yorkton area. That's right. Yeah, I grew up on a farm north of Yorkton, Saskatchewan, and uh, my father and mother ran a large animal veterinary practice, and we had a small cow herd, and uh, I became a veterinarian myself, and I worked in small animal practice, and then came back to the University of Saskatchewan to study pathology and do research on honeybees. Were you involved with honeybees on the farm? Not really. We had um, Howland's Honey, which is uh, a beekeeping operation nearby to us. So I certainly enjoyed Howland's Honey growing up, but I did not have any experience beekeeping.
1: So, what was it about pollinators and honeybees that, uh, that pulled you onto that path?
2: I was looking for a research project related to ecosystem health and uh, doing research on pollinators in Saskatchewan seemed like a, a good fit. So, it was really just chance. And you started your work in 2015? Yes, yeah, um, I did. I began um, a residency tr- program in 2015 at the veterinary school and then I transferred to a PhD and graduated in 2021. Bees are pollinators
1: and they're very important in food production. Maybe you could give us a sense of just how important they are.
2: Yeah. So um if we talk about honeybees specifically, they pollinate two thirds of the world's leading food crops and they provide over five point five billion dollars worth of pollination services to the Canadian agriculture industry each year, including about ninety percent of the value of our blueberry crop and three point one billion dollars with pollination services to our canola crops. So they're really essential for our food production, and that's just honeybees. There are uh, close to 400 wild bee species here on the prairies, and uh, their ecosystem services are only just beginning to be understood.
1: We see a a lot of wasps, it seems, more and more every year. Um, Are wasps pollinators as well?
2: Yeah, wasps are also uh, pollinators. Um, Sometimes uh, honeybees and wasps don't have the best relationship, but um, I think, you know, if you maintain strong, healthy honeybee colonies, then certainly they can coexist with our wasp populations. Tell us a a little bit about this
1: position of research chair and uh, what your responsibilities are, what
2: you plan to do. Yeah, so I'm going to be leading a team, uh, currently it's uh, 15 students and postdocs, uh, and we are going to be looking at all aspects of pollinator health, looking at questions around pesticide exposure in pollinators, looking at various infectious diseases of honeybees, as well as investigating the benefit of honeybee pollination to various agricultural crops, including canola and blueberries. Now, you have the bragging rights of being the first
1: North American veterinary college to have a honeybee research chair. Uh, do you see that this is something that maybe other institutions would become more interested in?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, certainly, uh veterinarians now need to know about honeybee diseases because since 2018, um, Canadian veterinarians are now required to oversee the uh, administration of antimicrobials in beekeeping operations. And so um, if veterinarians are going to be prescribing antibiotics to beekeepers, they need to understand uh, honeybee diseases and why they're treating them. And so there's definitely going to be a need for other veterinary schools to invest in pollinator health education.
1: When you talk about uh, honeybee diseases, I think the most common that we hear about uh, in the public is Varroa mites. So I'm assuming that'll be um, a part of your research?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I do not think you can have a pollinator health research lab without addressing varroa. Certainly, it was one of the main reasons for our staggering overwinter colony losses this past winter. And absolutely, we intend to uh, investigate research questions surrounding varroa control. What kind of
1: losses have you heard about?
2: So just yesterday, the Canadian Association of Professional Apiculturists published their preliminary data on overwinter loss in Canada. And they uh, report that Canadian beekeepers lost uh, approximately 45% of their colonies this winter. And so uh, certainly this is going to be a difficult loss for beekeepers to recover from. Now that's a huge
1: a huge loss. Um, is that kind of general across the country, or were there any particular areas that were were more harder hit?
2: Some, harders, some areas were harder hit than others. Um, for example, uh, Manitoba and Alberta beekeepers lost um, more than fifty percent of their colonies, whereas Saskatchewan beekeepers lost about a third of their colonies. So
1: when when people approach you and and talk to you about this research chair position at the University of Saskatchewan, w- what is the message that you that you want to send, and uh, so that they understand the importance of the work that's being done at the university?
2: I think uh, one of the main messages that we would like to um, support is that. Pollinators and agriculture can coexist and can benefit each other. And so if we think about the question of pesticides, you know, we know that farmers need to use pesticides to keep their crops healthy. Um, And so... Our perspective is that we just need to find the safe dose range to use those pesticides in a responsible way that, that is going to promote crop health but also promote pollinator health. So it's really just about finding a balance and having agriculture and our managed and wild pollinators working together for the benefit of all.
1: And certainly a poorly applied product can, can do a lot of damage.
2: That's right. So certainly timing and dose are all considerations and already um, we have very good communication between our uh, growers and beekeepers. We have um, programs in place such as Driftwatch where beekeepers and growers can communicate about when pesticide applications are going to be occurring and what hives are in the vicinity.
1: Dr. Sarah Wood is the new Honey Bee Research Chair at the University of Saskatchewan. After the break, Jeff Fisher with Cumberland Regional College will talk about a new agricultural education opportunity.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: Jeff Fisher is the Chair of Post-Secondary Education with Cumberland Regional College. And we're going to be talking about the Agricultural Sciences Certificate Program that's being offered and uh, how it can be a benefit to new students, older students. Uh, really a, a great, interesting program trying to fill a need in the agriculture sector for skilled labor. So, Jeff, maybe just start off by talking about the program, what it's all about
0: sure yeah so our um, agriculture sciences certificate um is offered to uh, students in our region through the northeast uh, part of the province uh through uh Ah, uh, sort of a unique programming partnership agreement that we have with uh, Lakeland College out of their Vermillion campus. Um, as uh, anybody in the ag industry knows, um, Lakeland is is definitely well known for their agriculture programming um, in Western Canada, um, including um, with with special. Um, I guess mentioned to their um, sort of renowned student managed farm program. Um, And we're uh, definitely proud to have been uh, the first regional college in the province to offer this program uh, through that um, uh, program delivery agreement. Um, The program that we run um, has a very strong focus on crop production uh, since this obviously accounts for a major portion of uh, egg production in the northeast region of the province that we serve. Um uh, special uh recognition I guess uh that is that the ag sector continues to be, you know, obviously a vital part of our province. Um, so we're really pleased to provide a program like this um, that's responsive um, to the needs of not only um, employers in the region but also students, so we've definitely recognized and and any of the uh, the data that we have um, there's a lot of uh, uh, a call for skilled um, agriculture laborers so um, that's something that we've tried to respond to um, being responsive to the needs of both uh, agriculture employers and and in turn um, and even more importantly students in the region so on that note um, uh, in that um, I guess our goal of, of sort of um, accommodating um, farmers in the in the area. Um, our program calendar is is definitely unique. Um, uh, our program calendar is different even from the one that's uh, offered uh, on campus in in Vermilion. So uh, unique to our particular program is that classes, uh, begin after Thanksgiving and they wrap up by the end of April. And the intent that we have there is to work around the busy farming seasons as much as we possibly can. And that allows our students to work in the ag sector and attend school. So um, they they don't start until hopefully harvest is mostly wrapped up and then we uh, try to have them finished up in time uh, for the spring seeding season. So um, like I said, just trying to be real responsive to the needs of, of students and, and also employers in the region.
1: So there have been some changes, so maybe just tell us a little bit about how this program is different than previous programs.
0: Right, so um, I guess the biggest difference is this will be uh, the 2022-2023 school year uh, will be the third year that we've offered uh, offered this program. Uh, The major difference this year um, will be that we're expanding the program. So the expansion of the program is going to include uh, three other regional colleges in the, uh, pardon me, three other regional colleges in the province. So we're going to broaden um, our ability to reach more students and support uh, more employers across uh, not just the northeast region now, but um, definitely a, a larger geographic area in the province. So um, what we've done is we've entered an agreement with uh, with three other regional colleges, um, our coalition partners at uh, Parkland College as well as Great Plains College and Carleton Trail College um, through the support and cooperation of course of our credit grantors at Lakeland Um, and we are going to be offering the program through a shared program agreement with those um, other three colleges. Um, The obvious intent there is to provide um, this unique training opportunity um, to an expanded geographic area. Um, and what we hope to do is in turn respond to um, that increasing need that I spoke about for skilled agriculture employees um, on a more provincial level. Um, so I guess the, the, the question would be then is, well, how are, you gonna, how are you gonna pull this off? And what we're going to be doing is that all of our lectures um, will be facilitated uh, in a face-to-face format um, at our campus here at Cumberland on our Malford campus. And subsequently, they, those lectures will be made available to students at our partner colleges um, through virtual format. So we'll be using a, a virtual uh, delivery system to um, uh, send those lectures out to the partner colleges. So the, the face-to-face component will definitely take place here in Malford um, and uh, in blended uh, format um, through to the, uh, to the partner colleges. Um, Now, having said that, all of the labs um, will be delivered in person uh, at each college through qualified lab facilitators and the lead instructor here at Cumberland. Uh, Will be overseeing those hands-on experiences. So, uh, lectures taking place here in Melfort and uh, being uh, sent out uh, virtually to the to the three partner colleges, but all the hands-on lab experiences uh, done um, uh, in person at, at each of the uh, at each of the four regional colleges. So, um, this is definitely a unique partnership. Um, we think it's uh, probably the first of its kind in Saskatchewan, and we're really excited. Uh, like I said, to to expect this program and and uh, and give it a little bit more provincial focus
1: can you you've talked about the labs and mentioned hands-on experience can you give us a little more detail about what would be involved with some of those labs and and the hands-on
0: sure well like any of our um, any of our programs uh, that involve uh, hands-on component uh, this is definitely one where where students um, Sign up for this program uh, with a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, excitement about that. Those hands-on experiences. So, uh, the ag program in particular, both. Uh, both figuratively and literally give give our students that opportunity to sort of get their hands dirty, right? So um, the, the COVID pandemic has, has certainly put a kink uh, in that over the last uh, couple of years. So um, our hands-on learning experiences in all program areas over the past couple of years um, probably hasn't been quite what, um, what we would gotten used to or, or what we hope for it to be. So um, we're definitely excited to be um, getting back to that Um, sort of ability to provide that hands-on learning um in a little bit more um personable fashion i guess so um, we're excited to be providing even more hands-on learning experiences than we have in the past with this program um we're really hoping that we can really get our students out into into different areas of of agriculture and and give them that opportunity for that hands-on learning so um, our labs consist um, uh, of a really lo- like wide variety of practical learning experiences. covers a range of hands-on op- uh, opportunities. So we've got everything from tillage and direct seeding uh, to plant science, to field crops, to weeds and herbicides, to pesticides, um, all the way up to uh, you know opportunity to do some hands-on learning with different computer applications. Um, and those things are all covered through through lab experiences. So. Um, like I said, the labs are a big part of the program. Um, I guess new to the lab experiences this year in the Cumberland region in particular um, will be an opportunity for our students to learn on site at a local greenhouse uh, through a new partnership that we've developed uh, with a local business in the area. Um, so we're looking forward to expanding, um, in that area, but also, um, getting out and, and doing some of the things we, we, haven't been able to do in the past couple of years because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, different types of tours and, and getting our students engaged with a variety of other businesses, whether it be implement dealerships or grain buying facilities or any of the other, um, businesses that are, that are so important in the agriculture sector. So really hoping that those, those lab experiences are going to expand, um, um, and then the hands- on component to the program uh, is definitely something that our students enjoy. Um, and we're, like I said, really hoping to give them the opportunity to get their hands dirty again uh, with this upcoming school year.
1: Thanks so much for your time.
0: Okay, thanks for your time, Allison. we uh, we always appreciate all your support.
1: Jeff Fisher is the Chair of Post-Secondary Education at Cumberland Regional College. This is the Agriculture News and Review for the week of June twentieth, two 2022. The Saskatchewan government and the province's cattle sector are joining together to call on the federal government to exempt beef from their proposed front-of-package warning label. Saskatchewan stock growers, cattle feeders and cattlemen's groups say the Health Canada requirement to have ground beef sold at retail to carry a high-saturated fat warning label is unwarranted. In a joint statement, the groups say ground beef is a staple in many households because it is an affordable, nutrient-dense protein that delivers essential nutrients to so many vulnerable people, and putting a warning label on ground beef may create further economic and nutritional impacts for consumers. BASF Canada Agricultural Solutions will collaborate with the University of Alberta to tackle club root resistance in canola. With new clubroot strains overcoming resistance and previously bred resistant cultivars, the disease is set to become a prairie wide challenge. BASF will spend $1.25 million over a five year period to support ongoing efforts to combat strains of clubroot, a soil borne disease that causes major damage to canola crops. Saskatchewan's potash sector, the largest in the world, is scaling up production in response to global concerns around food security. According to the government, sanctions on Russia and Belarus, two large producers of the essential fertilizer, have left gaps in the market for potash that Saskatchewan companies are quickly moving to fill. Mosaic, K-plus-S, and Nutrient have all announced production increases at their facilities, while BHP will speed up the opening of its Jensen Mine project. A number of other companies also have potash projects at different stages of development in Saskatchewan. 86 partners from different sectors across Canada will work to identify key indicators that will establish a baseline for Canada's food safety and sustainability. The process and findings also create transparency within the industry, which ultimately could create a trust or showcase opportunities for improvement and growth. David McInnes is the coordinator of the National Index on Agri-Food Performance. He says discussions will center on Canadian food, ingredients, commodities, and how it's produced. It will provide data to show that it is safe, sustainable, and responsibly produced. The index includes all aspects of the food supply chain going back to where it all comes from, Canada's ranchers and farmers. Two cereal organizations are taking the next steps towards amalgamation – Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission and Saskatchewan Winter Cereals surveyed producers asking for their opinion on joining. SaskWheat Chair Brett Halstead says he believes it is a good opportunity to work together. The two organizations will develop an amalgamation plan for the fall, prepare resolutions for the January AGMs, then set the stage for a possible amalgamation for August 2023. Priory Clean Energy has announced the go-ahead for a million-dollar flax processing plant in Saskatchewan. CEO Mark Cooper says a company will be open for business this fall, buying waste flax straw and turning it into biomass pellets. Cooper says a facility will produce 60,000 tons of pellets per year that will be sold for heat and power generation in areas like Europe and Japan. Clean Energy signed its first agreement just last week with Darien Farms in Regina. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes.
0: The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.